You are Locked On Cowboys, your daily podcast on the Dallas Cowboys, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Locked On Cowboys podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Thank you for tuning in. I am your host, Marcus Mosier. You can find me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosier. And joining me today is Landon McCool. You can follow him on Twitter at McCoolBCB. Remember, he has the new Twitter handle. Wow, Landon, how you doing? So efficient. You're doing you're doing you're doing a great job, Marcus. I cannot believe you haven't messed up on the new Twitter <laughs> handle yet. In fact, in fact, the last time I had forgotten. So the fact that you remembered is even more impressive. So kudos to you, sir. Well done. Yeah, I'm I'm still struggling my way through this intro. We we had to we had to do it over. Um, coming up on today's show. <laughs> We talk about some of the more intriguing players in the supplemental draft that I believe happens on Wednesday, uh, July 11th. Um, but before we do that, we had some interesting news come out of Dallas uh, on Monday afternoon. Cowboys cornerback Marquez White uh, is facing a felony gun charge after pulling out a gun in an apparent road rage incident in October. Uh, we are still gathering a lot of the information, but this was reported by Dallas News. Um, he is facing one count of aggravated assault with a deadly weapon. Um, it, it sounds like this is a little bit of a he said, she said story. Um, he encountered an aggressive driver while uh, exiting uh, near Tenson Parkway. Um, he, White said that there was a, a driver who was following him closely, then pulled up next to him and started yelling uh, racial slurs and threats. Um, and then White, I guess, reached into his glove box and flashed his weapon. Um, again, we are still gathering some of this information. So, um, you know, I'm sure as this podcast is posted, there'll be some more info out. Um, but Landon, what was your takeaway when kind of reading over this story? Is, is this something that Cowboy fans should be up in arms about? I, I see I'm looking at my Twitter feed right now and there's just people you know, just saying that typical Cowboys, this is something that happens to the Cowboys every offseason, blah, 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 blah. Is this something that they should be concerned about or, or Cowboy fans should be worried about heading into the season? Well, I, I mean, it, it's guns are such a, you know, hot topic, obviously. I mean, hot topic. I mean, it's such a. a yeah, you're right, though. Underway to put that. I mean, it, the truth of the matter is, is that this is this is the kind of thing that's in the national psyche uh, as it is because of of gun violence that's happening. And just just to clear one thing up, the 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 other driver, according to White, was was actually the one who was reaching it for his uh, glove compartment okay. and while while yelling these things. And that is the point in which uh, White flashed his gun to this guy. And I think that is going to be important because ultimately. This is going to be a conversation about him feeling threatened and then, you know, pulling the gun out in self-defense. Um, so, uh, you know, obviously, look, if, you know, this is one of those things that you're going to get into, uh, uh, you know, a, a legal case. You're going to get into the minutia of it. And that's that's what's going to happen eventually when this all goes down or even more likely, which I think it'll be a situation like, you know, Damien Wilson's where it's very likely to just, you know, get dropped i just think feel like you know this guy was targeting damian wilson i feel like you know this it just there seems a lot there seems to be a lot of circumstance here Uh, but the point is is that uh, you're right that um you know that it, it definitely feels like uh 
the Cowboys can't uh, stay out of out of issues. But I also completely blame the NFL because, you know, the NFL has basically given a green light to people that want to harass members of the NFL and tell them that, you know, any sort of uh, action, you know, in, in response uh, will likely be, you know, be, be, you know, punished by upon the player. Yeah. Uh, and this is exactly what this is exactly what the Ezekiel Elliott ruling has done is basically, you know, I don't know if this guy recognized that this guy was an NFL player. Probably not. This guy was probably just, you know, a racist who was driving this guy down as indicated by the slurs that he was yelling at him. So, but either way, I think obviously it, it, it you know, this is, this is, a, this is a situation where we, we don't have all the facts yet. We don't have all the information yet. This all kind of just came out. Um, and, and I feel like it's, <clears throat> it's going to probably drag on for a little while and, you know, it, it'll be interesting to see exactly what happened, but, uh, what happens, I mean, but uh, I think, you know, ultimately, if if you believe Marquez White, which, you know, obviously the, <laughs> he's got some reason to not tell the truth here, but I, if, it sounds like there was a lot of self-defense here. And, um, you know, I think that that obviously murkies the water as far as trying to predict exactly what's going to happen. This reminds me a lot of the Damian Wilson situation that we had last year yeah. where, you know, it was another, I believe that was a gun charge as well, right? That was another one. Where I, it was almost, the only difference really between these two situations is that Damian Wilson was parked in, in a parking spot yep. and that this guy was, this guy was actually, they were still driving, but ultimately, uh, you know, a situation where people are upset with each other because of either parking or driving, it escalates, uh, you know, I don't know that Damian Wilson felt the level of threatened that uh, Marquez White probably did. I mean, if if he's actually telling the truth about what happened, I mean this this guy sounded like you know uh, this guy sounded like he was making moves against Marquez White as some sort of if again to, if you believe Marquez White's st- story. Um, but but I think you know yeah they are extremely similar situations. Um, and then ultimately, in, into the day, Wilson. I think the, all the charges were dropped, and uh, and uh, and he didn't get any kind of. The NFL didn't do anything. They didn't sniff this or do anything like that. So, uh, and and, I, and and if I remember correctly too, the the initial thought process when he first got charged that they were throwing around felony assault. Yep, as, they were. As the, they were. So you know, I mean, that just shows you, you know, where we, how far we've come how far we went from the initial reporting of the story to the end result, which was, was absolutely nothing happened to Damian Wilson. So uh, I think at this point, obviously everyone's going to report because we are, you know, very much in the, the, the desert of NFL news and everyone's chomping at the bit to, 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 to get some NFL news. But I, I think at this point I would preach patience because this is going to be a drawn out process. And at the end of the day, like I said, with Damian Wilson, it started out like with with whispers of felony talk, uh, and, and literally he didn't spend a, a single night in jail, and I, I think uh, he didn't uh, even get fined. So, so my guess is that one of three things happens uh, before the season starts. Uh, one, they settle out of court, um, and nothing ends up happening. Uh, number two, nothing happens in terms of the settlement, and this drags on for you know probably what another year. We know the court process is pretty slow. And the third option is Cowboys just decide to move on with Marquez White because they like some of the other options better. And that's kind of where I'm at right now. It's I don't really have any hot takes or opinions on this. It's just 
you know, at best, Marquez White is the fifth cornerback on the roster after Ouzier, Lewis, Byron Jones, Anthony Brown. I kind of thought he was going to have a tough time making the roster anyway with Cameron Kelly, Donovan Alumbo, Javarius Ward, and Duke Thomas all competing for that spot. Uh, so it's not to me. It's not one of these things that you know I'm I'm stressing about in the middle of July. Look, if if Marquez White gets a one two game suspension, it's whatever. It's just nothing that I'm really really worried about. However, the Cowboys have options. Uh, let's say they don't believe Marquez White's story. They want to uh, get another guy in here to potentially challenge for that number five spot. They actually have a chance to grab some talented defensive backs uh, on Wednesday in the supplemental draft. Now, we have not studied all these guys extensively. I know you've seen Brandon Bryant, the safety. Uh, I've seen Sam Beal and Adonis Alexander, and we'll go through those guys quickly. Um, but the supplemental draft is is upon us, and this, these are some talented guys uh, that will be available for the Cowboys. So let's go ahead and start off uh, with the guy that you saw um, and Brandon Bryant, the safety from Mississippi State. Tell us a little bit about him, some of the notes that you took when you were watching him, uh, and what he could provide for the Cowboys if the Cowboys did decide to select him. Well, just to be clear, I mean, I, I didn't watch a, a, an extensive amount of Brandon Bryant, but when I heard that he was in the supplemental draft, I watched you know two quick games that, that I had uh, or that were available to me of Mississippi State. Um, just because you know it, it's easy tape to grab, and sure. uh, and I watched a little bit of Adonis Alexander as well, um, but I didn't get a chance to watch who, the guy who apparently is is the best uh, of the group and Beal. But um, uh, you know, watching Mississippi State, like you see a, a guy who is uh, an incredible athlete. Like I mean, this is the, this is this is a guy that you definitely want as you know physically, athletically. Um, as the kind of topper on your defense, I mean, he's you know he's incredible measure, measurements. I'm sure I, I didn't see what his pro day was for, but but I mean, I, the guy looked like he was uh, all over the field. And, and when you consider the kind of athletes that you're talking about in the SEC, uh, you know, he was he was really uh, moving around. Uh, but uh, you know, there's a lot of these guys, right? <laughs> there's a lot of these guys in the SEC. Uh, and there's a lot of these guys in, in other uh, uh, conferences too uh, that are incredible athletes that uh, just that aren't great at the position that they play, and that's what this guy is. Is that you know he's he doesn't seem to have great instincts or awareness. I think he's more of a you know uh, uh, you know point him at a target and uh, he'll have him attack it or you know I mean he he didn't seem exceptionally skilled in, in man coverage or 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 you know good at you know with all his athletic gifts I felt like you know the times that you saw him kind of uh, at the top of the defense uh, he was a step slow he didn't get to where he needed to go um, outside uh, I, I, I think you know this is a, a you know, it's tough because uh, you, 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 with limited practice reps, you know, and all that, you wonder about developing a guy like this. Um, I think that he, like I said, he has the skill set. But I mean, how, how different is this guy from being the free safety version of Taylor Mays or mm. you know any number of these guys who are incredible athletes that you put at safety and you see them flash every once in a while because they're great athletes, but they're just they're just not. Uh, you know, instinctive or talented enough to actually, uh, you know, uh, keep up full time. I, I think he could be a, a, a special teams player. I think you could probably, you know, 
he may be able to make a roster. I just don't know that he's a guy that uh, I think but he's going to need a year's worth of work at least just to get onto the field to play regularly, I think. Uh, I asked our friend Eric Galco, who works with Sporting News and Optimum Scouting, uh, about Bryant, and here's some of the quick notes he gave me on Bryant. Uh, at, at the pro day, he was a 4-4-5, 40-yard dash at five foot 11, 207 pounds. I know a lot of teams, they won't even draft a safety uh, if they weigh less than 200 pounds. Uh, but he, I guess he was reportedly clocked in the four threes uh, earlier in the spring. Uh, fantastic athlete, was ruled uh, academically ineligible for 2018. He already used his red shirt up. Uh, he was arrested and charged with a DUI in January of 2017. Uh, yeah, this is probably a guy that, if I had to guess, probably a sixth or seventh round pick in the supplemental draft. You probably want to bring him in, uh, you know, get him, use him on special teams. And, you know, if something happens down the road, you know, maybe he can develop into a third safety, but uh, I would, I wouldn't even draft him like with, yeah. with that stuff, with the, with the criminal stuff that that's enough. I'm, I'm not spending the pick on him. Honestly, I'll, I'll go ahead and guess somebody spends a, a six or seven. I would just be because surprised of his if someone did. Just because yeah. of his yeah, athleticism. Sure. sure. Um, and because but, but he can I, tell. I would. And that's, the, yeah. you can get a special team. Yeah, no, no, that's there. true. Yeah. Like I said, yeah. I, like I said, if you point him at somewhere to go get a guy, he can do that. But, but, but outside of that, he doesn't have, a discernible skill as a safety, but yes, I, I may, somebody probably will uh, take a bite on on that athleticism. All right, let's go ahead and talk about cornerback Adonis Alexander. I believe this was the first guy to declare for the supplemental draft. Uh, Alexander is interesting mm-hmm. because he fits a lot of the uh, the numbers the Cowboys want in a cornerback. Uh, he's nearly six foot three, hundred and ninety five pounds. Uh, only ran in the four sixes at his pro day. Uh, not too worried about that because these guys don't have a ton of time to prepare uh, for these athletic testing. I mean, these guys were getting ready for the season. They weren't really getting ready to run 40-yard dashes. Um, but with Alexander, this is a real big and long cornerback. I think he plays faster than he times. Um, he, he can play press coverage if you want him. What were some of your thoughts on Alexander when you were watching him? Yeah, I mean, I, to me... I I don't know that he played a ton faster than than he timed. I I think that he looks a little plodding. Um, you know he he's big and he's got and he's got long arms. I, I agree that I think you know in a cover one a cover three scheme where he can kind of stay outside with his back to the sideline and kind of watch the quarterback come up and make tackles. Um, you know I mean I think you know Richard Sherman is the is the it, that's what you're going for. Like yeah. that's that's you know that's that's the that's the target for what this guy would would like to play, and he has, I think, some of that ability. But I also think that you know, you know, Richard Sherman got to be Richard Sherman because of uh, you know he was uh, he's an incredibly smart guy. He was committed. He worked in, in really really hard to maximize. Uh, what gifts he did have, and and you know he had to switch. He, he switched positions. He was a wide receiver, um, so you know there was there's lots. Richard Sherman had to work at. I I I don't know that this kid has that. Like I think that this kid, from the reports that you read about him, it sounds like he he's a little bit. He's got a little bit of a knucklehead ish in in him, and 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 I think that you know 
this guy doesn't have the you see these guys every once in a while right like this guy maybe in high school had the athleticism to act like that but in college he barely had the athleticism to do that and he definitely does not have the athleticism to get away with that in the nfl he this guy if he's going to be like that kind of athlete he needs to be the hardest working guy on your team in order to, to kind of really you know make a difference so uh, again I, I i view him as a little bit, I view him a little bit better than the the kid from Mississippi State, um, just because I think you, you know the value at the position and that sort of thing. And I also think that, uh, you know, I also think that he he'll he'll he can d- immediately you know give you some snaps outside in a if you can get provide him protection over the top. But I but I also think that like I said, I just don't know that this guy has what it takes to uh, uh, you know overcome his limitations like Richard Sherman did uh, and become an elite player uh, by, you know, being a smart, savvy, big bodied guy uh, who, you know, whose you know, inability to move is mitigated by the scheme that he's in. Um, Alexander was arrested once in uh, 2016 as a freshman for a marijuana related incident. Uh, he was suspended again in 2017 uh, purportedly, he had some problems with academic ineligibility, struggled with grades, and that's why he decided to declare for the supplemental draft. He's probably not going to be for everybody. He's going to be one, going to be in a zone heavy scheme, but I'll guess that's probably another guy that goes in the fifth, sixth round. Um, probably the best player in the overall class is Sam Beal, another cornerback. This one from Western uh, Michigan. Beals at six foot one, 178 pounds, so awfully light. Uh, ran a four four seven at his pro day. Um, I had the chance to watch him a couple weeks ago, and I was really really impressed with him. He he he's got the height and length that the Cowboys want in cornerbacks. He's a really good athlete, and you can see that um, it jumps off the the film. Um, he can get his hands on a bunch of balls, passes, knocks them away all the time. Uh, started for two years at Western Michigan. Unlike the other two guys that we mentioned before, Beal isn't a guy that had uh, off-the-field incidents. It wasn't drug-related charges or anything like that. He struggled because he was academically ineligible, um, and that's why he decided to come out. Now, he's a guy that has to get stronger at 178 pounds. You see him as a liability in run support on film, and that's going to be an even bigger issue in the NFL. But he is a guy that can play the slot. He dropped down there for Western Michigan pretty often. Uh, He can play on the outside. I think that's a guy that it would not be that surprising if a team spent a third or a fourth round pick on him because he can come in right now and contribute. Um, and we know that you can't have too many corners in the NFL. So uh, you you didn't see Beals, but you, do you have any quick thoughts on him? Or are you okay? Well, I, I would just say that generally, I mean, you, you have to you have to be incredibly impressed with this uh, supplemental draft class. I mean, this has yeah. got to be the, the best the best class in history, right? I mean, as far as top to bottom, like you've got like three guys who uh, you know, despite what I may think about them, their fits of the teams or you know, ultimately their profiles i mean they're pretty decent players that are available in the supplemental draft which you normally either have zero players or one player who nobody drafts right uh, i think two two or three of these guys could get drafted you know as many as four with you when you include that uh D- division two running back so uh, martavius uh, carter yep yeah so i don't i don't know that that's a cowboys guy but i think that yeah like i mean he i think 
you know, it's certainly possible um, that, uh, that 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 guy gets drafted as well. So I, I think you know Beal uh, to me, it, yeah, I mean his size is you know gives you kind of a pause, and but I mean I think it sounds like he is probably the be- the best of the crop and uh, I, and I've heard the same thing as well like similar up to up to the third round so it'll be interesting to see you know if 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 how many of these guys get drafted and 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 I think it's you know I think Real's likely to be the first one so where he goes that'll be that'll be interesting to see yeah so I'm going to go ahead and guess that Beal ends up being a third round pick Adonis Alexander's fifth round and probably Brandon Bryant a sixth or seventh round pick um, real quick before we go, I, just for the listeners out there who aren't familiar with the supplemental draft, um, this is what happens every single year. There's a couple guys that are either ruled academically ineligible or they're kicked off their team and they have a chance to enter uh, the supplemental draft. The way that it works is every team before the draft begins has to enter a pick if they choose uh, for the player. So, for instance, if the Cowboys were interested in Sam Beal, they would enter a third round pick. Um, if it's a blind draft, you don't know who else is his bidding on these players. Uh, you don't know where they're bidding on them. So uh, you could enter a third round grade and nobody else could, um, you know, put in a, uh, you know, a selection and you give up your third rounder in the next draft. So this would be the 2019 draft. Uh, it's always kind of fun. It gives us something to talk about here in July. Uh, so t- stay tuned for that. I believe it's on Wednesday. It normally happens around noon uh, Eastern time. So make sure you guys keep an eye on uh, for that. And so any last thoughts on the supplemental draft? Any of these any of these guys you want Dallas to bid on? Uh, we, we've had – the Cowboys have drafted a couple of these guys before. They drafted Josh Brent in 2010, 2011. Uh, they put in a, a bid for Josh Gordon. Um, so any closing thoughts on the supplemental draft? Yeah, I mean, I, I'm definitely interested in some of these guys. I, I just, you know, Beal and, and Adonis Alexander. I think the, for, for all these guys, it's it's about you know the price. I just, you know, I, I don't have a problem throwing away a seven, you know, sure. or, or a six. I mean, I think that that's to me like if you like this guy, go go get go get your guy now. It, it wouldn't right? even get surprise here, me with Beal because they like if they throw a yeah. fourth at Beal because they're they're going to get a fourth back for Hitchens next year. That wouldn't surprise yeah. me at all. Now keep in mind that these guys are were uh, just up until recently preparing to play college football, sure. so they it may be a redshirt year for it, whoever they take. You know, they may not get an opportunity to really play a ton because they may not be ready to hit the NFL field right away. So, depending on who it is, but I, I think that you know, look, if they like the guy, you know, you you'd be willing to throw you know in a. Uh, a low round pick that you probably has a low percentage of hit anyways. Sure. Uh, and go, go get your guy. And, but you know, we'll see. Cause I, I, outside of that, I don't know that I, I love, you know, as you get higher, like in the fifth round, I, I fourth round, I, I start feeling less and less comfortable with, with throwing away these picks next year. Um, so I just don't know that there is, I, the Beals, they've been talking about third round pick, but I don't know that I like him at, at, you know, it, like spinning anyone, uh, anyone like just generally a, 
you know, he's basically a D2 corner. He's like you right. know, low, lower level competition, ready to step in. So I, I would rather wait an extra year and save my mid-round or high picks. But again, low-round picks, what's what's the risk? Or even better, if they don't get drafted, uh, you know, they become undrafted free agents. They become, you know, free free market agents. So you can basically, you know, negotiate it with them then. And that's where I'm really interested in some of these guys. Yeah, this, this draft... I, I'll be surprised if the Cowboys get anybody just because they have a lot of cornerbacks on the roster right now. We talked about Marquez White to start the show, but also, you know, Cameron Kelly, they like Donovan Alumbo. They want to see some of these young corners, some of the guys they got in undrafted free agency. Um, I, I don't expect them to get one of those guys. The one that's maybe a little bit intriguing is Brandon Bryant, but we will see. Uh, that's it for today's show. Thank you guys for tuning in. Make sure you download and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Follow Landon at McCoolBCB. You can follow the show at Locked on Cowboys, and I'm at Marcus underscore Mosier, and we will see you next time. 